When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And I'm Sophie Robinson. And we are, according to this very insightful review on Apple Podcasts, the best interiors podcast around. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) And that piece of wisdom was posted by user Flames House and is just the kind of thing I need right now because, as the more perceptive listeners will realise, we are back in the duvet dens (laughs) recording remotely because of the blinking virus again. This time, it's our lovely producer, Kate, who has it. So we wish her well and hope she can cope with the anarchy that is the Duvet Den recording. (laughs) So, Kate, how have you been? I mean, we haven't had a get-together now for... It's almost over a month. It is over a month. It is over a month. Well, it's always a funny start to the year now. Just just my microphone slid off my pillow. That's what I mean. That, I think that's just really indicative how this, I mean, my, I feel all my wheels are a little bit wonky, a little bit, everything's slightly on the wonk. It's been January for two years, been, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like, doesn't it? It is. Oh. But no, I've been, me and nine million other people or mm. something around the world, I've been getting through with my daily wordle. What's up? The word, the, are you not doing the wordle? Oh, hold on a minute. I've seen this. People posting, putting like numbers up. Like what even is that? Oh, well, it's a word game and you get a grid. You stick in a five letter word, any five letter word you can think of, and the squares will change colour. So if none of those letters are in the final word, it will go grey. If you've got a correct letter in the wrong place, it'll go yellow. And if you've got a correct letter in the correct place, it goes green. 
It was invented for love by a guy who works for Reddit and his girlfriend loves word games. And so he invented this word game for her. And apparently until, I don't know, just before Christmas, there were like 90 people in the world had ever played it. And then in the way that this kind of magic sometimes happened, it just hit a tipping point and now there's millions of people all over the world playing it. Celebrities are posting their scores on Twitter. There's newsreaders at CNN, you know, Richard Osman, who's from Pointless. He's doing his every day. There's endless debates about how, you know, this particular word nearly broke me or I didn't get it or I've got a streak. You know, it's it's the game. I think you should have a go. Oh my God, I can't imagine a game more up your Straza if I tried. So look, yeah. I've got it up. I've Googled it. Okay, so I need, so podcast doesn't fit. Uh, no, indoors, no. does oh. that fit? Oh God. Are we struggling with five indoor, letter words here? Indoor, okay, so I'm going to... No, that's six. Indoor one R. Oh no, that's not a word. Oh God. <laughs> I indoor one gonna... R. How do you normally um, spell indoor? Homes. This is H O. M-E-S. Oh, I got an E right. I oh fear this might take longer than Without our allotted podcast. Without using an H and an H and an M or an S. Well, just oh. give me one more five-letter word. You this must might... be able to come up with a five-letter word. <laughs> this might be a viral trend that bypasses <laughs> because I'm stuck already. I can't use any of the grey words. Um, oh, it's oh my god! It's like pressure. Five-letter word with an E in it. All right. I wonder maybe we should carry on. Yes, come back to me because I've got no idea. I was worried that telling you what I'd been up to was going to be boring, but now, based (laughs) on the fact that I know what you've been up to, I feel that my story about how I discovered house moths under the bed this week is suddenly (laughs) riveting. I'd take a a word game over a moth any day. (laughs) I've had my annual clear out. I've been through the wardrobe. I've taken bags to the charity shop. I've done all of that. Oh, I organised my spice drawer. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm sitting in bed with a cup of coffee doing a word game and you're organising your spice (laughs) drawer. I think the the listeners might have just fallen off a cliff now. I I tell you what, Kate. (laughs) I have to share, that possibly went quite viral on my Instagram. The amount of people who were like, because I did a before and after, I did a before and after with my spice drawer. And everyone was just like, honestly, the love was gushing in going, oh, that's so satisfying. (laughs) But then last week or a couple of weeks ago, I started noticing little moths on the curtains thinking, "Mm, that doesn't look good. That's I should probably start thinking about what that might be. And then the cleaners came around yesterday and they were like, oh my God, there's quite a few moths in this bedroom. And I went, oh, don't tell me, don't mention it. This weekend, I'm going to empty all, you know, they've got that slightly sick, panicky feeling, but I'm kind of putting it off. I was like, this weekend, I'm going to empty anything. I said, but I've got a feeling like I need to like empty the stuff and uh, store rugs under the bed. Lots of people. Rookie error. Rookie error. So the cleaner tugged a rug. (gasps) Oh, that did it. They all came <gasps> shooting out from under oh, the bed. Gross. It's so gross. And basically, we just hit it then. I pulled all the rugs out, threw them dramatically out of the bedroom window. They went flying That's what out you live the in the garden. country. If I'd yep. thrown them out of my window, I'd have hit a baby in a pram <laughs> on the way to school. <laughs> no, I just launched them, launched the rugs out. We lifted the bed up, did a lot of hoovering, as you can imagine. 
and then got all the rugs out and uh, yeah there was a nest so there's a lesson for everybody don't store your rolled up persian rugs under your bed so now we're just on moth watch i've been all over the internet trying to work out what the best thing is and apparently uh rent kill spray cans are quite good so i bought some of those off amazon and i'm literally like pacing around my house <laughs> if i see one it's funny you say that because i use something much gentler than rent kill i have cedar wood uh, okay. cedar wood hangers and with cedar essential oil and they apparently they just don't like the smell so I just right. dot the wood with that every now and then but in my searching for the cedar wood there's an American website called themothguy.com and oh, it's actually I hilarious because he talks about <laughs> he talks about what you need to do and literally if you'd stumbled across this website without knowing what it was for you'd think you were on some kind of anti-terrorism website because it's like secure the premises in bold letters <laughs> capital letters close all doors and windows and protect your valuables and you're thinking oh blimey what's going on is this you know is this when Armageddon comes the apocalypse are coming and you read down and it's like this is to stop the moths eating your carpet and your cashmere. Oh, um, so, well, yeah, he, he thinks they are terrorists. Well, what was, funny enough, we opened all, because I was spraying this rentacle stuff, and, you know, I am usually of the essential oil persuasion, but I was like, I've got a feeling that, you know. <laughs> it's not going to cut it. It's not yeah. going to cut this particular kind of, like, infestation. So I was spraying this stuff all over the carpet where they'd been making their nest, etc. threw all the carpets out the window, opened all the windows to get the rentacle smell out, and then about 20 minutes later, Vicky, my cleaner, came in. She goes, I've had to shut all the windows. They're all flying back in. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we've had, because that's it. They're all in the garden now, aren't they? So now I literally yeah. do have and they to do, And premises. that's how you get them. It's really, mm. it's very unsophisticated. They just like fly in through the open window and they're looking for apparently dark warm places so that's yeah why well this I'll... is my excuse for not having doors on my wardrobe because you want to yeah. get the light in and you want to you know that idea of having sort of a dark wardrobe with maybe one cupboard that you never open really mm. bad idea I remember right. that in a spare room in the last house I say spare room actually it was one of the boys rooms but there was a cupboard that they didn't use and I had this beautiful black boiled wool coat and I stored it in Ooh. there over the winter and I went to get it out and it was like a piece of lace it was like a very beautiful <gasps> piece of lace but oh, it wasn't a winter coat anymore heartbreaking yeah oh, so you've got to have devils. like you've got to rifle through your wardrobe on a regular basis and right. you know disturb it shake out the crevices yes yeah. well there we go hopefully nobody's been as unlucky as I have. Although Vicky did say, she goes, oh, you've been really lucky you've caught it just in time. She said, I said, why? Just in time worse? when they're swarming all over the house. Yeah. No, she says she's seen a lot worse. She said one family, they'd made a nest underneath their sofa. <gasps> and when they moved the sofa, the whole square of carpet had completely disappeared. They'd eaten the whole footprint of the sofa in carpet as they'd been nesting underneath the sofa. Oh, my oh. God, gross. It's yeah, gross. so um, the big rug, my lovely, big, massive antique yeah, yeah. rug, that's now in the treehouse and it's it's in quarantine. <laughs> it's, in quarantine <laughs> it's in quarantine in the treehouse and when I know they've all gone, then I'll get it cleaned. Well, and, and they, they do say if it's house. cold outside, I mean, yeah, if, obviously like that, you can't apparently. put a rug in the freezer, but if you've got clothes, you can put them in the freezer overnight and that will kill them. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is put them in 
vacuum bags or bags, but don't put them in cardboard boxes because apparently they'd chew through the cardboard box. Oh, delightful. Yes. So, yeah, so eventful. Quite an eventful start to the year. How, how are you getting on with that wordle? No, I can't she think can't of anything. She can't think of a five-letter word. No, yeah, table. Go on, T-A-B- then. T-A-B... Is this supposed to be fun, by the way? Because I'm not <laughs> having fun. <laughs> We are all doing it. Everybody oh, wanders oh, in and out. Both, oh no, oh. Kate, Kate. What, what have I've you got? I've now got all yellow apart from the B. Oh, now this is quite exciting. So the T yeah, and the A are yellow, the B is grey and the L and the E. So now there's just, I need to keep the four yellow letters. But you need to rearrange them and find oh, no. one more letter. Oh no, now I see, now I feel a bit sick. <laughs> Let. No. Anyway, enough of the wordle and the clothes moths. Have you yes. been watching my new telly show? No. Well, obviously, yes. <laughs> You'd love to say no, but I made you watch I it, would. didn't I? You did. You did. How many te- are you watching? It's on in a minute. Have you set an alarm? Hello, are you here? What do you think? <laughs> I'm in, you know. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> Well, I thought so, it was. Well, a, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, you are the worst. <laughs> Who are you again? Dream Home Makeovers is my new TV show for Channel 5 going out on Wednesdays at 7. By the time this podcast comes out, four episodes to binge on if nobody's found it yet. Or if, like Kate, you're in denial. <laughs> <laughs> I have watched it. I have watched it. Yeah. And I have to say, I quite like it. Ah! I'm quite enjoying it. (laughs) See, that really hurt, didn't it? I like the fact that finally we have an interior show which is not all about the jeopardy and the game. And I get that a lot of TV has to be about that, but... It feels to me with most interior shows where there's an element of competition or game show or Jeopardy, it feels like it's about entertainment and therefore what actually the producers want is they want the people to hate the final scheme. And <laughs> and so, you know, and because that's what makes good telly. And we've all been there shouting at the telly going, oh, this is brilliant. They are so going to hate that. I get that. But what... I think is is good about yours. <laughs> what I really enjoy about yours is that this is about you working with people who are spending. I don't. I mean, you always say they're spending their own money. I don't know. Maybe you can tell us if they really are, but certainly some of their own money. And so it's about coming up with something that they want, that they like. And it's not about trying to come up with something which makes good telly because ultimately they hate it. Yeah, and ultimately great interior design makes good telly. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the thing. It's like, you know, great before and afters, taking a beige, bland, ordinary room that lacks any personality or style and transforming it into something that is bursting with colour and is unique and reflects someone's identity, I think is a great, bit of entertainment you don't necessarily need all the other stuff and I think you're right Kate I think this is the first interior design show definitely here in the UK that has the homeowners completely invested both financially and with the decision making from the start to the finish on what they want their home to look like not what I want their home to look like in order to entertain viewers at home what they want their home to look like you know from I'm just having... gonna row you back there I'm mm. just gonna row you back a little doggone moment there 
Oh, she says, it's about giving people with bland, boring spaces then something which is bursting with colour and life and vibrancy. Can I just say the first episode you painted an entire room black? <laughs> the ceiling as well. Who well, even are you? Black's a colour. No, black's it's not. Co- black is the absence of colour. We all know that. Have you not looked at the colour wheel? I believe you've run courses on it, but, you know, as you were... I know, it was exciting. I've never designed a room that's black on all four walls and the ceiling too. I found it quite thrilling. The interesting thing there is when I'm meeting people and trying to find out where we're going to go with their process, I'm always looking for little clues. What's the little hook that I can run with? And obviously for... Was Kirsten, that his black leather lazy boy well, TV okay, chair? <laughs> so he had an enormous black leather armchair. He had an enormous 85-inch TV. I've never seen a TV that big before. I mean, my God, it was like being in a sports bar. And they had this huge room. And the other thing that didn't make the edit was Kirsty had just ordered a, herself a black kitchen to go in later on in their renovation. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so she's down with the black. I mean, you don't order a black kitchen if you don't like black, do you? Yeah. But the rest of her house was fairly beige, to be honest. And she, you know, obviously had come to me. All these people have come to me for ideas and inspiration. So I know that they're up for it. I mean, one of the questions I'm getting asked a lot is, oh, is it really hard, you know, trying to talk these homeowners into going for these really bold colour schemes, be it black or be it really colourful or be it really patterned? And I'm like, no, it surprised me how it hasn't been difficult at all. Because if you've got a reason for doing something, it's not totally random. I mean, it was black to help disguise the telly, to help make that enormous room feel more cosy and intimate. Yeah, stop it was it big, looking wasn't like, it? Stop it looking like a sports club. And they and actually it was Martin who mentioned a kind of speakeasy vibe. So I was like, well, a speakeasy vibe is all about this cavernous sort of dark basement club thing, isn't it? Yeah. So all of these things made sense out of what they were saying to me. It isn't just me, the designer, plucking random stuff out of thin air. You've got to listen to people and the design is then led by that. And I think that's what's quite fun about this show is everybody knows that I like bright colour, garish patterns. I'm quite a maximalist, but that's not right for everybody. So I think it's important to show people that it's not about buying into a look. It's more about the look comes from you and your house and your tastes and what the room is. It's about helping people understand, isn't it, what Mm. they like. The other one I thought was interesting was the colour blocking one. You said you'd spent £500 on paint and yet it wasn't designer paint. So how how did you get to £500? (laughs) My thing was I'm going to focus their budget on paint. I'm not going to get into looking at new furniture. Let's focus our money on a paint transformation. When you look at the bill, it was around £300 on paint, £200 on materials. We put some shelves for his trainer store and bedside tables. And so that was kind of, it was £500 on materials. Uh, There was quite a lot of um, pushback on Twitter, I noticed, and people going, oh my gosh, you know, you can buy so much cheaper paint from, you know, DIY sheds, which you can. Didn't have to spend £300 on paint, could have got it cheaper. But Josh actually really led that. The first thing he said to me was like, I want a really good quality paint. I don't well, he was want a, professional, a DIY shed paint. Was he mm. a set decorator? I mean, he's, he works with paint yeah, and colour. Exactly. He works with paint and works with colour. And he was really particular on two things. He was really particular on the quality of the paint. 
So it had to be a good brand. We use Benjamin Moore, which is a is a mixing system. So you can get colors mixed. The other thing that's good about it for a mural, which is what we did, was it can go on walls, woodwork and radiators. So Oh, well, that saves because I often get questions from people saying, you know, if I'm going to match my skirting board to my wall, which obviously I'm always preaching about, they're like, do I have to buy different paint for the woodwork? And so actually to now know that there's a good quality paint that covers all surfaces, that's useful because that does save money. Well, there you go. It covers all surfaces and still is very matte because some of those all surface paints still look a bit shiny, but this is a perfectly matte finish. With the idea of this show being that you're really involving the homeowners, you know, you're not trying to surprise them and upset them. Do they have a say in their colours then or do you just present them with kind of a here's your colour scheme, on we go? It kind of really depends on the contributor. So take someone like Josh, for example, who was our professional set painter. He was all over the colour. So he liked the our recommendation of lilac, emerald and navy. He thought that was a really cool colour palette. But then it was like, yeah, but what kind of lilac? Because I'm not after like an eight-year-old's lilac. I want a really Or an dust- old lady lilac. Or an old lady lilac. So finding that lilac that had a little bit of grey kicking in in the background, you know, that little nuance. So for him, as someone who works with colour, we got loads of tester pots he was all over it. Other people are like, I haven't got a clue about colour, Sophie. I trust you to pick a nice one. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, please lead us with this. I don't know. So, again, you know, everybody's really different. For example, Anna and Peter, who are in episode two, they were just like rabbits in the headlights when it came to decor. They'd only ever rented previously flats in London. They'd never sort of thought about interior design. They'd never put much of their money towards it. Their home is just somewhere to crash. And then last year, they moved out of the city into the suburbs, three-bedroom house, complete fixer-upper, and they were just paralysed with fear (laughs) of like, what do we do? So they needed lots of hand-holding. But so do you think now... presumably because the idea of the show as well is, yes, you're doing one room for the telly, but did you get the sense when you left them that they will be able to go on and do the rest of their house or were they not that interested? Are you going to be called back in off camera to finish it? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, because it's about, there is an element and this is what we always say is missing on interior show is that sort of giving people the knowledge, giving people the keys to the colour chart, if you like, so they can do it themselves. Yeah, that's a, that's a really nice thing to raise. And it's something I talked about with the producers of the show right from the beginning is it doesn't really help the viewer if they're just being really passive, watching the interior designer do yeah. their thing and then there's a big reveal. They have to understand what's going on. And hopefully this show is giving you a peek behind the curtain, showing where do we get inspiration from? How do you put mood boards together? How do you work out whether you want to spend a lot of money on paint or not? You know, how do you pick the perfect sofa? How do you do a layout? You know, all of these things are covered within the episode. And, and my sort of thing is, you know, a lot of these homeowners had saved up a big chunk of money to do their reveals. And that was part of the criteria to get on the show because Channel 5 aren't really interested in someone saying, oh, I've got a bit of money put aside to buy a bed. You know, can Sophie come and design our room? They had to do the whole thing, the big reveal, because it is an entertainment show. First it's and telly. Foremost. Yeah. It's telly. And I think a lot there has been a bit of pushback about that going, who's got this kind of money to just, you know, do a room? So my advice to people is watch it for the ideas, the inspiration, learn from it. And then, you know, this month you might paint your walls a new colour. Next six months you might invest in the sofa. You know, you can do the slow decorating approach 
and make your, you know, this is what we all do, Kate, isn't it really? It's what I do. I don't just do a room in a week. You know, we let our homes evolve over time. But for the point of this show is we did have to find people who could go out there and we could get it done and film it in a timely fashion. I mean, I often do this with, I have on the blog every Friday, I do a sort of, you know, pick of the property market and we go through this house. And I very often might put a four million pound house because it's really beautiful. And the point is, no, you might not be able to afford to buy this or do this, but have a look at Mm -hmm. what they've done with their stupendous budget and see if there's ideas that might inspire you. So it's it's also about watching and reading in in a way that isn't just about the entertainment. Yeah, it's really interesting. Channel 5 were absolutely adamant that we mentioned how much the homeowners had put into the projects. Um, they said people really like to know how much things cost. Yeah, Obviously, I think they do. Those costs don't cover the labour or any of the trades because that was my team who came in to do it. So it's it's still not a realistic figure. And I think one thing it has highlighted is doing up your house is really expensive if you do it in one go. I just hope that that doesn't alienate people and put people off. Like I said, you don't have to do it in one go. You know, as we cover on this podcast all the time, there's loads of ways to be savvy with your shopping and save but but it's also I think the the key takeaway from it is if you invest the time thinking about what you want and planning it in advance you will in theory hopefully get it right so you don't need to do it again so it should be you know the bulk of it should be a one-off spend I mean yes you might get bored with the color and want to redecorate a few years down the line but if you've really thought about your layout or and your style then you're only ever from then on going to be tweaking Yeah, you bring up something really interesting. I did an interview for BBC Breakfast last week and Naga Manchetti, the presenter, she said, but how can people like live with all that colour? Aren't they just going to go off it in six months and want to redo it? And I was kind of like, no, (laughs) who does that? Like, who decorates their house and then wants to change it in six months? Like, to me, that was crazy and it showed but that. also it's it's about it's about working out the colors that you like that you're not yes, going to go off in six exactly. months because you love them exactly you know. exactly correct and it's because I'm not just coming in with my team and putting throwing up whatever I happen to fancy I've worked with them I found out what colors they have they signed off every single element so when I go away I know that that design is going to be there for years and you know for coming back to your point of like do you think they will have the confidence to do the rest of the house I think they do because they've learned through the process of working with me how things work how colors go together and the colors they like and it's and also that they love it I mean you know this will have just gone out the night before this podcast comes out but the fabulous Leslie and John Leslie was in a 50 shades of gray cycle she just kept painting a house different shades of gray and just was never in love with it never getting it right and then kind of like going out and buying a bright cushion or something to try and bring the color and she was just in this loop of fear of not being able to put any color into her house so they reached out to me to just say please we want color we're just terrified of it and don't know how to do it so I produced a scheme for them thinking, OK, these are people who are really freaked out by colour, which was a cut. They said they like these sort of blue colour. So I did this sort of sky blue scheme. And it's the first time, Kate, I've ever presented somebody with a scheme and them go, oh, that's a bit disappointing. We're expecting... <laughs> Really? Yeah, we were expecting a bit more than that. You know, we want to be pushed. We got you in because we want to be wowed. We want to be amazed. And this is just like, meh. And I was like, oh, right, okay. And I won't give any spoilers because, as I said, I know a lot of people watch it on Catch Up. But let's say we went for an electric colour scheme. And just the transformation 
in Leslie's body language. When I first met her, she was sort of tight and anxious and timid around colour and, oh, I'm not sure. And by the end of it, it was like this huge cloud had been lifted and I just saw it in her face. So I think this is the thing. When you you, when you get connected to colour and you find out what colours you love, it's a really transformative experience. If you haven't seen that episode yet, you can catch it on Catch Up and look out for next week because I think you'll find, unless I didn't make the cut, that a certain person's house might make a fleeting appearance just floating by. Episode five, that's the one. Yeah, and you can catch up on My Five or watch it live on Channel Five on Wednesdays at seven. One question I'm getting a lot asked a lot is whether people can watch it outside the UK. Someone recommended an app called Muchos TV where you can watch an hour's worth of free UK TV if you sign up for that. So I'm just, I've never watched it, but I'm just throwing it out there for anybody outside the UK who's desperate to watch it. Try the Muchos TV app. And if you'd like to give me your feedback on the show, I'd love to know what you think. You can do that by heading over to our brilliant Facebook group, The Great Indoors Podcast. Or indeed, you can message me on Instagram where I'm Sophie Robinson Interiors. And if you do see Kate's house pop up on Channel 5, let her know you spotted it because she's mad about the house on Instagram. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, we've just spent a chunk of this show talking about Sophie's favourite subject, the explosion of colour, and she ended with Leslie, who had a house painted in Fifty Shades of Grey, and Sophie has completely obliterated all the grey. However, I'm seeing, you know, a bit of chat. We came into this podcast, (laughs) we came into this podcast in October 2018, and I think it was either the first or one of the first episodes we discussed that grey was a fashionable colour. And Ms Robinson over there declared that grey was dead, she said. Dodo, done, dead, finished. And I said... I think you'll find it's a classic and it's just having a lie down. Well, (laughs) here we are in 2022 after two years of January and the new trends are out and Grey has woken up. (laughs) My microphone's so excited it's jumped off the pillow and landed on the floor. Right, there we go. So, yeah, what do you think about that? So, poor Leslie, she's going to be watching, you know, she's going to be listening to this podcast and seeing all the news and thinking, well, hang on a minute, I had a really fashionable grey house and now I've got something else. What have you got to say to that? Or are you in common, are you going to end, in fact, you started your show with a very uncharacteristic black, are you actually going to end with an entirely grey scheme? There might be a bit of grey popping up towards the end of the series, Kate. Yeah, you know, as I said, I'm, I'm here so for So you everybody. like grey? You like grey? Oh, I don't have particular personal beef with grey on a one to one level. You do, you liar! You hate it! What I hate is mm. the... 
the grey snowstorm that just swept the interiors world where everything turned to grey. The sofas, the walls, the flooring, these whitewashed grey schemes. And not only that, everyone feeling like that was a thing to do. And my challenge has always been, do people have grey interiors? Because a bit like Leslie, they're too afraid to do anything else. That's who I'm talking to. Well, there's been a few press articles recently. I think it started off, didn't it, in Cat Burroughs in the Sunday Times home. She wrote a huge piece about, you know, Grey is back, the new issue of Living Etc. just dropped through my letterbox, where there's a whole glossy pullout on trends, and one of them is architectural greys. Thought this colour was playing it safe, but with deeper tones and sharper edges, grey is back and cooler than ever before. So, ha! There we go. How do we do grey this time round? Well, as Kat Burroughs, I mean, she just writes so brilliantly. I love Kat and she is a fellow colour lover. She says that this resurgence of grey, she says, is as welcome as a positive lateral flow test. (laughs) (laughs) And we've got one of those on the podcast as well for you. She says with the news that the colour of meh, is back on top of the interior agenda this season. So she's not, she's not here for it. She's not on board. <laughs> no. But she does sort of go into quite an interesting backdrop of where it came from. You know, where did this trend for grey come from? She says elephant's breath, which seems to be the biggest seller, most popular grey tone of them all, which is a, a very popular fair and ball paint colour, was launched in 2005. And at the Gosh. time, yeah, I know, it's interesting to know it was that long ago. Go. And she says, and interestingly, then it felt new, it felt sophisticated, it was different than all the kind of like magnolia taupey colours. You know, we'd had a very, we had a lot of taupe up until 2005. I'm thinking late 90s, early noughties. It was all those caramels and mockers and... You know what I mean? There was a lot of creamy beige Well, they're going back. On. You see, I think you've transferred your dislike of grey to what you just call brown. Yes. Um, Possibly. But Elephant's Breath is an interesting version of grey, actually, because I had a friend with a house who she painted her entire house in Elephant's Grey. And I thought it was a really pretty, soft shade of grey. And so I bought a tester pot to put it in my house and it was absolutely a kind of sandy beige colour. So this, Mm. and we've spoken about this on the podcast before, this is where grey is so difficult because it absolutely depends on the natural light you've got coming into your room. It's very easily influenced. And I think one of the reasons people like grey is because it loves every other colour on the spectrum. You can always find a right shade of grey to go with your yellow, your green, Mm. your pink, everything else. But it's, you know, it can be a nightmare to get right. As a neutral to other colours, like, uh, you know, if you're going to go for strong navies, for example, or maybe some of those lovely dirty pinks look so nice with grey or richer sort of burgundy red colours look nice with grey. But we're talking about grey as the forefront colour here, not as your background neutral, as the main hero in the room. and. Kat goes on to sort of say that, you know, it's no longer new grey. It's it's hung around for a long time, obviously. But it was the most, Elephant's Breath was the most Googled fire and ball colour last year, which I find a bit shocking because I thought we were I on, find that on the colour wagon last year. Well, that's what I thought. You know, everybody yeah. was like, we can't go outside. We all want yellow and green and, yeah. and colours of outside. And actually, we just want to look at the pavement. Well, no, which is true. I mean, sales of bright colours we know did really go up during the pandemic. But what's alarming is Farron Ball have tipped it to be their best seller 
of 2022. So we got to ask ourselves why? Why is there this return to grey, which is no longer seen as a new, cool, sophisticated colour because it's been around since 2005? Mm. And Kat's take on it is that if in 2005 it felt edgy and sophisticated, in 2022 it's reassuringly boring and normal. And after the last couple of years... Well, well there is what we want. We want There is a point to that. Bit. But the other thing I think about grey is that you know and I have have written a book on this color. So I've got quite a lot to say about it, but I think you can make it look very pretty. You know, there has obviously part of the last trend has been this quite sort of stark mid-century clean Scandinavian grey, which is quite architectural and stark. But actually, you know, a soft grey with shades of burgundy and soft pink or any of those kind of softer yellows, it can be really pretty and it can be warm and it can look sort of, yes, safe, but also comfortable. So maybe it's mm. it, maybe it's not boring reassurance. Maybe we're going safe and pretty. Safe and pretty. Well, coat paints, which were founded in 2020, the new sort of trendy paint brand for millennials, they see the grey spectrum as being massive for them. So it is still seen as quite a trendy colour by younger people. So, yeah, for us, maybe who've been around the block a bit longer, we're a bit like, oh, really? Grey again? But it's getting a new audience. I think it's about what you put it with, isn't it? And I think rather than kind of wrapping all your rooms in a kind of steel grey and throwing in a cushion, it's about, <laughs> you know, picking a softer grey and rather than mixing it with white, which is starker, you know, go for that sort of pale pink woodwork and a pale grey wall or, as I say, burgundy and doing it that way. And just it's as all these trends are cyclical, aren't they? They go round and round and they come back in slightly different ways. But another colour actually that Grey really likes, which I am seeing loads of, this will be a bit more up your street, is this kind of red ochre colour. Where do you stand mm, on that? There's loads I'm of that. I'm seeing that as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm seeing that. I mean, we've talked about, I think, oh gosh, it even might have been this time last year, Kate. I mean, this is my whole kind of like... Timeline is really time is now meaningless. The last two- yes. It is, isn't it? It's but a I meaningless think- concept. Yes. I remember us talking about clay colours, colours of the yes. earth, like turmeric, umber, ochre, chocolatey yeah. browns, and the clay red was kind of poking around then, wasn't it? But you're right. I'm seeing it thrusting forward in quite a bold way, like on all walls, or like a whole sofa in it, or a whole tonal scheme in all different shades of warm reds I think it's quite interesting because I think it's been quite an unfashioned you know you think of wine and wine red and burgundy red you think oh that's really dated well they're very blue aren't they and cold and this red ochre is warmer and actually it is a really strong colour but if you were to pair that red ochre with a soft grey like elephant's breath or something you kind of knock it back and you get something which is generally quite warm so you could modern it up I think the verb would be modernised got more than five letters Um, you could have elephant's breath walls or soft grey walls and then do your woodwork in red ochre, which oh, yes, might be quite a be, new yes, way to do it. It'd be quite nice, that, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. Well, you've yeah. already got the... Have you got... What's the red you've got in your office? You've got a nice earthy red. That's Arras by Little Green, yes, which is... Yes, it's interesting because I've sort of it? been vaguely calling it burgundy, but no, it's not. It's much earthier than that. And funnily yeah. enough, when I said on Instagram, you know, here's my new office, suddenly loads of people popped up and went, here's my bathroom cabinet, here are my tiles, here... This is why you suddenly think this is a colour that's that's coming through. So it's a sort of... 
it's taking that kind of burgundy blush pink and kind of darkening mm. it and throwing in a dollop of of dirt of earth. Yeah. Dirt. I think this is it. I think this is where Dirt's we're a good at. We're, <laughs> we're, we are. We're loving our dirty colours. And I think even with the greys, I'd actually argue it's not the very clean architectural grey. Sorry, living, etc. I'm completely going against what you're saying. Yeah, I too. think people are really resonating more with the dirty greys, the ones yeah. that have got a bit of umber, a bit of grit, a bit of yeah. mossy green or something in the background, because it is grounding it makes us feel grounded it's getting to hark back to that old trope of it's connecting us to nature but you know these but, are but the... I think that's the key point you know we've been inside mm. for two years so mm. that's why I think these colors are you know coming back through I don't think we want those kind of clean sharp colors we want things that remind us of outside and nature because we haven't been well, there it... enough it, well-being is a serious issue, isn't it? I'm reading a brilliant book at the moment, which is completely off topic, but I'm going to recommend because I'm loving it. Time to Breathe by Dr. Bill Mitchell. And it's about navigating life and work for energy, success and happiness. I mean, I can see Kate already switching off, but I feel <laughs> I just felt a bit burnt out. I'm doing like the it's wordle. All, it's bit, yeah, exactly. You're on wordle and I'm taking time to breathe. But a re- So it's all about me trying to get my life work balance back. I think a lot of people can relate to this. I just felt like it's all been a bit too much lately. So that's what I've been doing, walking in the woods and listening to my audible book. But a big thing that I know this comes up again, but a big thing that Bill Mitchell says is spending time connected to nature. It comes back all the time. It's science. This is data. This is proven that when you're connected to nature, be it outside looking at the sky looking at the trees or indeed having natural elements inside your home, it just makes you feel better. So I think when we're looking at trends and paint colours, just have that in mind, less of the very artificial colours and more of the natural undertones. And just, you know, we've said before repeatedly that trends are dead and this comes actually, this talks to your television show and to the trends. You know, you don't have to spend money, but just spend time you know, mm. so think about the colours that resonate with you, the styles you like and what you want rather than, you know, trends are great to have some ideas. You see them come, oh, do I like that? Do I fancy that? That's not for me. You don't have to follow them. Take them as inspiration rather than instructions. If you're struggling for colour inspiration or indeed got any questions for Kate and I on your own homes, redecorations or renovations, then do send your query into us and you might even get featured on the show. Just send us an email or ideally a voice note to thegreatindoorspod at gmail.com. And if you'd like some more detail and some pictures on what we've been talking about, do head over to the blogs, sophierobinson.co.uk and madaboutthehouse.com. And I have to say, don't forget to tune in to Dream Home Makeovers at seven o'clock on Channel 5 on a Wednesday. Otherwise, she'll be after me. (laughs) And before we wrap up, big thanks to all of you who've been clamouring for a new series. A special shout out goes to Robin Galante, I hope I've said that right, who took to the socials to declare they need new episodes because they depend on us for their sanity. I'm not sure that's wise, Robin, but uh, I do hope you enjoy this new series. I think that's possibly the most insane thing Robin may have ever have said, <laughs> but there we go. We would really love it if Robin and everyone else who loves the show could shout about it on Facebook, Twitter, 
our Instagram, get a slogan t-shirt, semaphore, smoke signals. We're not fussy. <laughs> Anything to spread the word and spread the joy of cushions and paint. And also, how about this for a bit of fun? Because, you know, I'm willing to be, shall we say, persuaded to the grey side. So how about this? If you have or indeed see a beautiful grey interior design scheme on Instagram or indeed on Facebook, why don't you tag us into the comments? Mad about the house or Sophie Robinson Interiors. And why don't you include our hashtag, The Great Indoors, so that we can all join in? And you never know, we might give you a mention on next week's show. I think it's probably more likely that I'll be doing the mentioning because you'll be going, no, no, I don't like it. But <laughs> let's see, you never know. She is having a bit of a personality change, so you never know. I'm up for being converted, is all I'm saying. I'm up for being converted. Oh, but I want, I want our listeners to join in the conversation and see if Grey is really dead or can you tempt me otherwise? And on that note, thank you so much for listening. And thanks to our producer, Kate Taylor. We wish you well. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Now, what does this mean? So now I've got a green P, a yellow E, a yellow T, a green A and a yellow L. It means all the green are in the right place. So oh, you... so it's not petal. It's not petal, but you've got all the letters and you've got some of them in the right place. But what? how can you have something that comes after a P that's either a T or an L? That's not well, English. Have you ever pla, heard of a pla, word? Pla. 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 Oh, pleat. Put it in. Oh. oh, my God, that is massively satisfying. Oh, and they all just there jumped at me for joy. There you um, go. She's got it in four. Oh. I've got to say I'm impressed. <laughs> I am too. I feel like I'm slightly, um, what's the word? What is the word? That's so typical of me, isn't it? Is what it is a five-letter word? word? Is it a five-letter <laughs> word? <laughs> redeemed. I redeemed no, myself. No, that's not got five letters. <laughs> not in any form of spelling you can come up with.